This is Two Girls, Two One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. Corinne's hair looks fabulous. Dum, dum. Humidity. I Humidity is great for your hair. Humidity is great for my hair. And I even sported like a Marilyn Monroe 50s curls the other day. <laughs> Because it was, I had my hair up in a bun and it was so, so humid that day. And when I took it down, it, I mean, maybe other people didn't think it looked good, but I had like this new confidence about me. (laughs) And I was like, not to compare myself to Marilyn, but I'm pretty much her clone. But I could be her twin. I think I look exactly like her. (laughs) Sex appeal and all. And your skin is glowing. Look at you. Thanks. You should move to the East Coast. Join me. I don't think uh, humidity and nice hair is enough incentive to get me to move back to the East Coast. But why? But what about me? Move here with me. And ghost tours. We could go on ghost tours. We could do a whole New England ghost tour adventure together if you lived here. You are right about that. That would be really fun. Imagine all the adventures we could have. Your family's on the East Coast. I'm on the East Coast. I know. But my career is over here. Move it. Move it over. There's... TV and film over in New York. There's some in Boston. It's a little different, but you know what? But like, if we were if we were recording together, we would never leave each other's side because we'd be so scared every time we recorded. That's true, but it would be so fun. It would be fun. Then we could do like live Facebooks of our sleepovers. <laughs> <laughs> of us just like watch way more television screaming. together. Oh, yeah. Shit's oh, creek. speaking of television and film i watched love simon how was it it was so good it's honestly probably one of my favorite movies now i loved it so much i think i could watch it it, like back to back i could have restarted it as soon as it was done and rewatched it again okay i have to watch it loved it it was so great the music was great every single actor was great the storyline was great it made me cry it made me feel things it made me it, it makes you apply what's happening to real life, too. I was thinking about all the people in my life and uh, la-di-da. Oh, it was so good. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I have to watch it. I'll watch yeah, it. Yeah, you do. Also, um, sorry if it sounds like there's a uh, crazy background noise. It sounds like there's a UFO coming down uh, on landing on my roof. In Burbank? In Burbank. There's a UFO coming to beam me up. It's a weird place, so that very well could be happening. Yes. If you do get beamed up, though, Sabrina, yeah. you better hold on tight to your recording equipment. Oh, I won't let go. I'll be like, hi, alien. My name is Sabrina, and you are now on Two Girls, One Ghost. Do you have anything to say? <laughs> You're going to be famous. You're going to be the first person to ever record an actual alien oh, abduction. I want to do it so bad. Well, don't take don't me. wish it upon you. <laughs> no. Take me. Don't take her. <laughs> She'll Oof. never come back. I know she won't. <laughs> I'll be on Mars. See you later. They're going to have to like dump you in a field. You're going to be clinging onto the <laughs> onto the ship like don't don't bring me back. Please take me with you. And they're like, "Oh my god, we don't want you. You're so annoying." I wonder what they eat. Humans. No. <clears throat> That's Nutrition. opposite of what I was picturing. I was literally picturing like Chrissy Teigen's <laughs> cooking and I was like, mm, I'd like to be up there." They actually every Every uh, Sunday, they beam up Chrissy Teigen. They're like, can you cook us up a meal? And then we'll, <laughs> we'll drop you back off at home. That's why she's so cool. Because she hangs with aliens every weekend. She hangs with aliens. <laughs> Envious. Hmm. Well, 
if you get taken today, we won't make it to episode 50. We're pretty close. We are. But can I say, I'm really proud of us, Corinne. We we just reached, this is something really exciting for our podcast, we just reached over a million downloads. Yes, we did. Which is really exciting for us. And I mean, when we started this podcast, it was less than a year ago, and we truthfully had no idea or any expectations for what it would become. And we we thought we were just talking to ourselves. I mean, if you Very listen much back, so. if you listen back to episode one, you can tell we are clearly just talking to each other. Episode one through like twelve, we thought we were only talking to yeah. each other. Yeah, twelve was when we like really were like, all right, let's go real scary. Before we were like, okay, we have our friends, we have our family. Well, episode one, we thought it was just going to be us. Yes. <laughs> yep. Then our friends actually did listen and we're like, oh, okay, we have some listeners. Some listeners. And now we get emails from people that are like, oh, I've been listening since the first episode or the second episode. And I think that's so cool. And it's like, so cool. How did you find us? I don't know. Probably me being creepy and following people on Instagram. Yeah, or they're searching ghost Ghosts. podcast on the apple podcast thing yeah. i don't know but i do have to say that not only has our podcast grown but sabrina i think you have grown <laughs> what about you <laughs> i have stayed the same i experienced no growth or maturity i am <laughs> just as pessimistic as i was before <laughs> but you are joining me That's in true. that journey because you used to read all of the itunes reviews and you used to read me anytime we got a <laughs> negative comment and now when we have anything negative said towards us you're just like i don't care yeah because i and i'm no fucks so glad that you have that attitude now and you're just like you know what i like this podcast for what it is and if someone doesn't like it well they can find something else and then go get beamed up by mean aliens who eat humans <laughs> that's your version of banished to doll island <laughs> <laughs> yes alien abduction never seen again yes oh but enough about me because i hate talking about myself um i just listened to down a dark hall because on <gasps> friday someone posted the movie trailer and i was like okay i have to read the book before the movie comes out mm-hmm. and i realized i had like 10 credits on audible so i just i bought it on friday and then i finished it this morning and it is amazing right it's so good i loved it up until a week ago when someone posted the trailer i was still somewhat under the impression that i was the only person who had read that book <laughs> but it's really good and it's a young adult book so it doesn't take that long to read it yeah i think the audiobook was like 10 hours right so everyone if you want to go see the movie which is definitely different a bit different than what happens in the book you should still read the book first because it's a a great base for the movie that's to come i'm excited you know what i love about books that are, are what i love about young adult books is that they capture the mind and the essence of a young teenage person whether it be female or male so well whereas i feel like sometimes tv shows make their like teenage characters way too adult Mm -hmm. because it's written i don't know i just think that books or especially like this book really captured the idea of what it is to be a young teenager it yeah i love the ya the ya section section at the library yeah and you know what I've also noticed is it's mostly adults shopping for the books in there. Mm-hmm. Like plenty of adults read young adults still. It's, it's like 
Forever 21, but books version, where you can always be a young adult by reading young adult books. You can always find something that will tickle. Nope, your that's not what I want to say. <laughs> I almost said tickle your pickle. <laughs> I was like, that's wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely not correct. Well, English is hard. But I'm sure you can find something to tickle that anytime as well. (laughs) (laughs) But that's not what this podcast is about, despite what people may think coming into it. (laughs) I love... We've had a few people try to... (laughs) Join our Facebook group. (laughs) Yeah. And we have two questions. So by the way, if, if you have requested to be in our Facebook group and you have not been accepted it's because you didn't answer the two questions so make sure you go back and you answer the two questions the questions are what is two girls one ghost and will you respect everyone in this group so you know the answers to be let in um but some people (laughs) respond to the what is two girls one ghost two girls one guy or other stupid things there's like Someone literally, like, I don't know, someone literally responded saying, to what, what is two girls and a ghost? They said, two girls and a ghost getting it on. And I was like, hmm, you are misinformed. It, I guess it depends on the definition of getting it on. If getting it on is like getting real into ghost stories and <laughs> researching and getting spooked, then you are spot sure on. sure as heck getting it on. <laughs> we get it on every week. We get it on all night long. I don't know why I spoke with like a southern twang with that one. Oh my god! You know what I was watching yesterday too? What? That oh god! I just love the show, Drunk History. It is yes one of my favorites, and I crack up so hard. I will say some of the episodes are are some of the people. I don't want to say that they're annoying, but you know what? Sometimes people get drunk and they laugh. Yeah. The whole time, and I don't like laughing the entire time, but there are some real good gems in there, and I love watching that show. Yeah, it's a good show. Maybe one day we can go on it. That would be a dream. We've talked about that before. Yeah, and we can tell, like, history, but with ghost stories. Trying to think of, I was like, which one would I do? But literally every single one that we talk about is, it's a historic ghost story. Yes, that's true. Should we jump into our ghost stories then? I think we should. I think, are you first? I'm first. I think you are. And, okay. Are you ready for what I chose? Uh, Yes. Okay. Well, no. I don't know what you're doing, so yes and no. I don't know. So I had, well, I had a different island. So this week we're doing islands, haunted islands. Mm -hmm. And I had an island picked out like months ago, and then I started doing research, and I was like, you know what? We have new merch coming out. And I am going, why not launch it this Sunday with this episode? We have a shirt. Oh. That is going to, that was designed by Clinton or see my zarts. I think that's how you say it. Uh, he has an Etsy page and it says banished to doll Island. <laughs> and it's coming. I'm, we're going to release it on Sunday with this episode because guess what Island I am doing. The Island of dolls where doll everyone island. dies. Doll island. We'll kill you. We're dolls. Yeah. <laughs> the photos are so scary of Doll Island. So like, scary. Worst nightmare. Yeah. Well, Isla de la Munecas 
or Island of Dolls is actually a floating garden. Doesn't that sound beautiful and dreamlike? A floating garden filled with fairies and gnomes and trolls and snails and slugs and berries and mushrooms. Not. Instead, it's cracked, hanged dolls. Yes. That are haunted. So before it was known as the Island of Dolls, it was part of the canal system in Xochimilco, which is a borough of Mexico City, and it was established in the pre-Hispanic period. At its inception, the canals connected the artificial islands around the Xochimilco Lake and served as the main transportation for goods until the 20th century. And due to its historic past, it was made a World Heritage Site in 1987. But that's all the history I'm going to give you because let's get to the scary stuff. Right. So the story starts with a man. His name was Don Julian Santana Barrera. Ooh, that's a real nice name. Yeah. I like that name. I like that they have, I like that he has four names. If you had multiple names, what would yours be? Are there any that you're like dying to have? I do have multiple names. You, you do too with the middle name, but we just don't say them all. Like if, if people called me by my name all the time it would be sabrina page isabella diana roga which is just a mouthful you have two middle names so you're you're already on board you're on okay yeah well whatever i'm just over here and in this basic (laughs) and then when i get married one day i'm gonna hyphenate my name for a third time oh my god i would never do that it's already torture having a hyphenated name because anytime i go anywhere like a doctor's office or like anywhere. Like you call a store and they're like, what's your last name? And I'll say, Deanna Roga. And they say, no, what's your last name? I'm like, no, duh. I get asked this question all the time. What if you marry someone who also has a hyphenated last name? Then I'll have four hyphenated last names. Oh, my God. You'd have – your name would be seven seven <laughs> names long. The concentration you took to get to that. <laughs> because I don't know math. We know this. I can't do basic math. I can pull up my calculator app. Do you think? I literally cannot do basic math. <laughs> well, I didn't go to school to be an accountant, so. And this is why you only have three names. One, two, three. <laughs> Your parents wanted to make it easier on you. They knew what was to come. Okay. A life of... <laughs> stupidity i guess (laughs) we should send you to the school and down a dark hall and the ghosts that take over you will be mathematicians oh my god that would be torture i know okay anyway back to don julian santana barrera he was a lonely man and all he wanted was to live in seclusion so he purchased this land and he lived the life he dreamt of until one day and this is over 50 years ago now uh, mm-hmm. He heard the sounds of a young girl in distress. So he left his home and he saw a young girl floating in the canals. He rushed to her body, but it was too late and she had drowned. Besides her body, he found a doll floating with her. And it's kind of unclear. Some reports say that Santana Barrera took the doll and hung it on a tree as a sign of respect. But others suggest that he didn't do anything with the doll and he kind of just took it and put it inside like one of his sheds. Mm-hmm. For the time being. Regardless, that night, that same night that the young girl had passed away, he started to hear whispers and footsteps outside of his cabin. She came home with him. Yes. And keep in mind, he left. He lived in complete isolation, so the chances of hearing other people was very slim. Uh. 
and he started to get very overwhelmed with sadness and he believed that the young girl was angry with him because he was not able to save her which very easily could be his own guilt that he was feeling but these whispering the whispering and the sounds outside his house continued night after night maybe she was just looking for her doll yes well then he decided to hang the doll outside as a as a peace offering to the young girl's spirit and he quickly became obsessed with finding other dolls and he was convinced that the more dolls he he hung up in the area the more protection he would have from the young girl's spirit who was angry with him and the people that were closest to him claimed that he became mad and as if he was driven by an unseen force he had changed and his demeanor was much more sad than before uh-huh. it's really yeah Santana Barrera grew more and more disturbed and he would search the canals for abandoned dolls to grab to add to his growing collection. He would even I mean that's also really difficult to witness a child die. lose their life in such yeah. a tragic way. So Yes, absolutely. He even would like he was so desperate to find new dolls that he would any produce he made instead of selling it to other people, he would trade the produce for dolls. Then he would continue to hang the dolls on the trees, on wires and plants. And unfortunately, it seemed like the hauntings were getting worse rather than better. I wonder why. Well, it's believed that more spirits were attached to other dolls. Oh, that makes sense. Yes. And that he was drawing more spirits to the land rather than Mm, preventing them from coming. Man, that's a bummer. I know. So his methods are really unclear, and I think that's what's kind of confusing about it is because it seemed like he was so he was seeking protection for himself, right? But mm-hmm. then in his attempt to do that, he actually brought more spirits and damage, I guess, to his own soul and to the other spirit souls. Well, he was well-intentioned. He was. And that's what – that's like the most important part of the story is that everyone in the area – thinks that he was like the most respectful man he was trying so hard to to support these spirits and give them these peace offerings which is why in 2001 when Dal Julian was getting older when he began to hear more and more whispers at night and he claimed that it was getting hard to resist the noise the sounds and resist the spirits and what they were telling him what do you mean what were they telling him they were drawing him towards the water <gasps> And in 2001, his family found Don Julian Santana Barrera dead, floating in the canal. Oh, no. In what they believe was the same spot that he had found the young girl. Oh, no. This is horrible. Yeah. But so it is based on autopsy reports, he died of a heart attack and then fell into the water. But it's still a weird coincidence. That is really weird, especially if the spirits were telling him to go to the water. You would think that. Yeah. I don't know. The heart attack just seems kind of like a cover up. Right. But I mean, there are so many reasons someone could have a heart attack too. Like, like did something scare him? The spirit of the dead girl rise from the water again and run towards him. That's that that's would be scary. very frightening. Yeah. But, like I said, people thought he was a really good man, and so because of that, after his death, his family decided to continue his story and take care of the land, 
So the current caretaker of the land is Rogelio Sanchez Santana, and Don Julian Santana was his great uncle. And Rogelio has said he has seen spirits and heard strange noises, and he's even been approached by what he calls strange people. But he can't understand it. He still has no idea what's going on, but he's maintaining the land, and he actually opened it up to tourists on, I believe it's just on weekends. I'm just picturing (laughs) What? I'm just picturing... Oh my god, I can't talk. My brain... I'm being possessed. No. <laughs> I'm just picturing him when you said he has no idea what's going on. He's just like, these weird things happen. And he's just like, ah, just moves on. Yeah. Moves past it. That's exactly just, how he is. It's just funny to he's think about like, that because I would not be whatever. that way. No, me neither. I would be like, I'm out of here. I'll swim back to land if I don't have a boat. Yep. He's just like, well, that was weird and goes back to what Good night. he's doing. Sleep tight. <laughs> Sounds yes. like my father. Uh, he says that he believes that the land is haunted by the young girl and that his great uncle, Julian himself, is haunting the land. And he believes that there's other spirits that he does not know. Possibly which, brought in from the dolls? Correct. Okay. Uh, and after Julian's death, the island became a tourist attraction and the primary focus of a lot of television shows Zach Baggins and Ghost Adventures visited the island, and it's also featured in one of the episodes of Lore on Amazon. Um, people say when they go to visit the land that the doll's eyes will follow you and that you can hear them whispering to each other. Hey, Bob, how you doing? Should we go scare everyone today? <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, my God. This is like... Rugrats, but like the nightmare version. <laughs> oh, or like Toy Story, the nightmare version. I know. <laughs> um, this is like if Sid, the guy from Toy Story, the neighbor, if all of his toys, like the, if they all lived on this land. Because when you said Sid, I immediately thought of Ice Age, because isn't the, sl- the oh like my gosh, big yeah. sloth named Sid? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to add that to my name just for fun. Sid. Sabrina, Paige, Isabella, Sid, Deanna Roga. I like that, though. I like the name Sid. Okay. Let's just keep adding names. Every day I'll add a new name to my name. Okay. It's like that. It's a memory game. Yeah. You, this is yeah, good. But you good give up after my brain. day two because that's too many names. You'll remember the names and I'll try to count them. And that will be our way of trying to keep our minds brain games so the dolls whisper to each other it's fun you know they love each other um (laughs) it's real fun it's a great times fun time your next family vacation or where we'll send you when we have all the power to do natural selection (laughs) oh I i thought you were gonna say you know how like instagram influencers do those giveaways and oh yeah we'll do a giveaway trip doll island (laughs) luxurious mexican resort your own private island with lots of dolls who might kill you (laughs) Mm -mm. uh but yeah so they whispered to each other and like they did may have done to don julian they are said to lure you and take over your thoughts 
to try to manipulate you. Well, that sounds which, demonic. Yes. And the island is home to more than 2,500 mutilated and partially dismembered dolls. They grow out of trees and bushes. They hang from wires across trees. Some of the dolls are beheaded. Other places you'll only find limbs sticking out of like the ground or the trees. It's actually Don Julian, the original owner of the land, used to find doll parts and plant them with new new plants. And so when these plants grow, the doll part kind of comes out of the uh, vines. And it's, it's if you look at pictures, you know what I'm talking about. It's so creepy. There that are, sounds really cool, though, too. Oh, it's, it's fascinating. But it's also just like a tree and then a limb is growing out of it. Ugh, I thought, yeah. I wonder if they, because there are doll parts that are scattered, I wonder if they ever put the wrong doll parts back on a different doll. That's what yes. I hate the most. He he used to do that, where if he could Great. not find a full, completed doll body, he would take parts to put them together. And some of the dolls are clothed, some are not. Some have been on the island for so many years that insects have made homes within them. And it's not uncommon to see the face of a doll covered in ants or caterpillars. And for those of you who have seen Hereditary, you will know what I'm talking about. There's, Corinne, you need to see it because I know it is. There's I'm too a, afraid to go alone. Those of you who have seen it, you know what I'm talking about. The head with ants crawling over, all over it. I'll ask. Actually, Casey doesn't mind scary movies. Oh, I'll go ask see her it. If she wants to go. So there's pretty much every possible kind of doll on the island. Dolls with sleepy eyes, with staring glass eyes, dolls with porcelain faces, painted ragdoll faces, um, some without any hair. There are Victorian dolls, rare dolls with wax faces. There's just every kind of doll you can imagine. It's there on the island. And then people who go to the island actually bring dolls with them as an offering. But also, what if people are bringing their dolls that are possessed or haunted to the island as like, I want to get rid of this. And here's your oh, new home. It reminds me of how uh, that that like store museum place had contacted us and said that oftentimes people will put haunted artifacts together mm-hmm. and they're two spirits that do not get along next to each other. So or the whispering, the whispering at night. This is my reenactment. Um, can you keep it quiet? No, I'm gonna kill you. I'm trying to sleep. Mm, you make me angry. <laughs> I held my breath that entire time. <laughs> Oh, I just love doing my voices. I wish I could I speak like this all day. It would be I so I think you fun. need to drop the whole dream of becoming a writer and hop on the voiceover train. I would love to do voiceover work. So if anyone knows how to do this, hit me up. You could easily be a character on almost any cartoon. What a compliment. This is so exciting. I want to do it now. I'll add <laughs> a third career to my list. You basically already have a, a, a reel together, too. We can just Clip copy together all everything. the parts of this podcast where you make the voices, put That's it together, and then you idea. have an actor's reel. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to do that. So I'm going to spend my whole flight to Paris. I'm just going to be going through listening to my old demonic voices. <laughs> and I'll, I won't use headphones so that everyone on the plane is freaked out. 
<laughs> they have to stop the plane, turn it around. <laughs> there is a demon on this plane, and we need to emergency land, please. Case of possible possession lands <laughs> Boeing, whatever the number is. I don't know. I'm not smart. It involves numbers. <laughs> 787 is that one boeing yes yes corinne congratulations (laughs) you did it a minus oh god okay okay so um yes so they believe that people who bring other dolls actually add to the haunting of the island um and in season 10 of ghost adventures i think it's episode four zach and his team visited the island and they heard screams. They actually, there were fires that started on their own. At one point, a doll started laughing, like a horrifying, maniacal laugh <laughs> that comes out of your nightmares. I'm so uncomfortable. Yes, because you can picture that laugh and it's terrifying. Yes. And you have nowhere to go. You're on an yes. island. And, well, okay, so they also, saw, they also saw figures and black masses in the hut that Julian lived in. And in one of the EVPs, they caught a man saying, I don't like her. Stupid. I don't like her. Stupid. You know what really freaked me out is when you said that there was static. You said an EVP and then static started and then you started talking like it was a real EVP coming through. Um, Ghost, can you chill the F out, please? We don't even need to edit sound effects in at this point. The ghost is just providing it. No. No, Corinne. Why do you... Oh, my gosh. Corinne. Oh, and now we are reconnecting. There we go. I was going to say, you just froze at the greatest time. Okay, I won't do any more voices. Actually, there is okay. one more that I ha- I was planning to say, but it's, like, the worst one. So, well, I'll get there. Well, say it. Say it. But it's not, the, it's not yet. It's coming okay. up. Okay. So, um, they also did something that I wouldn't recommend. Um, they brought Harold the Haunted Doll with them. Do you know anything about Harold? I remember reading about Harold, and yes. I don't think I would ever want to bring Harold with no. me. So I won't go too deep into Harold, but Harold was the supposedly first haunted doll ever to be sold on eBay, and he would um, vocalize killing people. And I was going to say what he used to say as, as a voice, but should I just say it normally? No, say it as a voice. Give I'm going to kill you, bitch. <laughs> like a little chucky doll yeah and there's like a weird pattern of deaths around the owners of harold so zach and his team decided to bring him to the island because that makes so much sense right you're not it's not like you're not surrounded by wow too many negatives but (laughs) it's not like you're not not being not surrounded by not dolls (laughs) Like there were, what I'm trying to say is there were plenty of dolls there. It's not like they needed to bring another one to ensure paranormal activity. Yes. Not only that, does it kind of defeat the purpose because you're going to Doll Island in order to figure out and like listen to those spirits, but then you bring on a very active spirit which could intervene with your experimentations. Right. And it could really trigger all those other spirits too. So I, yeah. So, I watched a little bit of the episode, and I wasn't sure if maybe Harold's presence there could have influenced the things that they saw. Regardless, that is Doll Island, and if you want to go visit it, you can, but you have to take the two-hour trip in a trianera, which is a wooden gondola that leaves from Mexico City, and if you do go, you should probably or maybe bring a doll of your own that is not haunted 
or you might be leaving the island with um, a new something or someone attached to you. Great. Oh, and, and also, fun fact, if you leave from Mexico City, you should look around you because there's all these plaques and crosses dedicated to La Llorona. Oh. And she is believed to haunt those waters of Xochimilco. And so, Ready to snatch your children. Exactly. And I had this weird, brilliant theory that maybe she had something to do with the young girl's death who died in front of Don Julian and started all of this. Oh, my God. Oh. If we were in school, I would I would be granted a scholarship. I would be <laughs> given many A pluses. And maybe a Nobel Prize. Maybe a Nobel Prize, might I say. Possibly a Grammy, although you did no singing. <laughs> Possibly an <laughs> Emmy, although I did no TVing. BB, BB, oh my God, I can't talk. What is wrong with me? I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> I was trying to say the word maybe, but I kept saying PB. <laughs> Are you hungry? You want peanut butter and jelly? Wow, this is not okay. I'm supposed to go to class tonight. What did you choose? I chose an island that I've never heard of. Okay. Right next to Stanley Park, very close to the Vancouver Aquarium, is a teeny tiny island named Dead Man's Island. On Google. That's a real... What? That's the name? That's the name of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just asking to be haunted. On Google, it has a one-star review. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Although it was only reviewed by one person. And I looked at what this person wrote <laughs> as their feedback. Feedback. Oh feedback. It's Facebook mixed with feedback. <laughs> um, and all she wrote was the word no. So. <gasps> oh, my gosh. I'm like, did this reviewer actually go there and come across something they didn't like? Something a bit more dead? Something a bit more paranormal? And it's possible because oh, this little Canadian gosh. island is one of the most haunted islands in North America. Whoa. Because everything is the most haunted, as we've learned. It makes it sound better. Yes, it makes we, it sound scarier. I think it's fair for us to say we are the most haunted podcast. I would agree. Please, people, inform us if anyone else has as many issues as we do. Yes. Ooh, that'd actually be a good shirt idea. Two Girls, One Ghost, the most haunted podcast in America. Shit, let's do that. Like, for real. Let's do it. Okay, you guys, now you know. Everyone knows one of our future merch items. <laughs> That's a good one. Let's do it. Okay. 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 The island has been the site of many dark and tragic incidents. There had been a land dispute over the area with the northern and southern nations battling over the rights to it. And the southern nation actually kidnapped 200 women, children, and elders from the northern people and held them captive. And Why did they want it so bad? I have no idea. It's this. I don't know if the land dispute was just over the whole entire region in general or if it was over this island. But this island is so small. It basically has room for like a high school or like a mall. And that's it. It's tiny. So tiny. That's so strange. And it's not on the 
like open to the ocean or anything. It's kind of in a cove. You could swim there. Hmm. It's I don't I don't know. But the northern nation was desperate to get their people back, obviously, and so they negotiated and they uh, had 200 brave young soldiers, young warriors, offer to trade themselves in place of the 200 captives. Oh my goodness. And the southern nation seemed to accept this trade. They were like, okay, I guess we will allow that. Can I just say, that is chivalry. chivalry. I can't, I talk, oh my god. Uh, I'm just going to listen to your story and not talk anymore. Okay. But <laughs> people say chivalry is not dead. or but it chivalry? Clearly, chivalry. Why can't I say it? <laughs> people say it's not dead, but clearly it is because men would not do that for women and children today. Well, we do it in a different way. We don't trade people out like they do, but right. we have soldiers and the military who go overseas to do That's that true. for us. That's true. So it's in a – it's not – we're lucky that it doesn't happen in our home country. We're not having yes. all this happen. You're right. Next door or in our neighborhoods. Okay. Well, they found 200 of these brave men. I say men, but it could have been, well, I don't know. It was women and children and elders who were taken. So I assume it wasn't women volunteering to go in place of the other women. I don't know. Unless anyway. it was a Mulan scenario. Let's get down to, to business. business. We love Disney on this podcast. Too much singing. All right. So the South was like, okay, we'll accept this trade. La-di-da. The Northern volunteers come down to take the place of the kidnapped Northerners. And when they went to take their place, the Southern nation murdered them on the spot with arrows and knives. So what? the Southern people did not keep their word. Whoa. So they suck. Is what I'm trying to say. And it would seem that the South had won because, I mean, won the land, they not only really murdered being everyone. a good person. Yeah. Uh, but when they returned to the spot where they had slaughtered the northern people, there were flaming and fiery flowers said to be pulsing with the blood of the fallen. So, believing that the land had been cursed Whoa. with black magic, the southern tribe retreated in fear. And I assume the 200 captives were okay. Yeah. Besides the 200 that were murdered. Trying to replace them. I don't know. That Research. image of a fiery flowers beating with the blood of the soldiers is so eerily beautiful. Like, at least what I'm picturing in my mind. I'm just picturing these, like, red flowers with yellow streaks. It's quite poetic. The Squamish people were native to the land, and so now we're, sorry, now we're moving on, fast forward some time. Okay. The Squamish people were native to the land, and they used this island for their tree burial cemetery. Oh. So similar to dolls hanging in trees, they hung their dead in red cedar boxes from the trees. Whoa. And there were hundreds of them. Okay, I was... When you said your their tree cemetery, I thought that they buried dead trees. They bury their dead in red cedar coffin boxes, and then they hang the coffins from what? trees. Did you find out why? I think it's just part of their tradition. It's so fascinating. I don't know why. I didn't figure out like the 
symbolism behind it. Whoa. But John Morton, one of the first white settlers in the area, visited the island and witnessed these hanging coffins. And he noted that there were a few coffins that had fallen to the ground and broken and had released the once contained bodies, which were bones and skulls and just clumps of dark black hair. So he's like, this is kind of weird. And he reaches up and touches one of the low-hanging coffins. And to everyone's disgust, who is listening right now, and my own, and I'm sure yours, Sabrina, the coffin basically disintegrates, releasing the human remains on top of John's head. And John, I think, was crazy because even after this, he wanted to buy the island, <laughs> which I'm like, are you, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm in shock because, yeah. My apologies to John Morton's descendants, but John was, John was, he was bizarre. <laughs> yeah, so he decided uh, actually not to buy the island because someone told him that the land was dead land and he would be unable to sustain, whoa, sustain any new life there so he couldn't like plant crops or whatever right so he passed on the island although he was tempted by all the dead people falling on his head oh my gosh the wooden box and <laughs> can i get a stand in over here i need a break where's like my crafty let the ghost take over okay so the wooden box and oh <laughs> <laughs> thank you for editing the wooden boxes were soon moved by the European settlers and buried in the Lumberman's Arch graveyard. Oh. So the people in the graves still got their final resting place, but not one of their tradition or customs. Oh. Even after the cedar box gravesites were removed, the island continued to act as a cemetery until 1887 and was known as a dumping ground for corpses. So basically, anyone and everyone who didn't have the means to bury their dead just dumped them on the island. Wow. It reminds me, I mean, it's very different, but it reminds me of the Paris catacomb story and how the graveyard was so overfilled that they had to move mm-hmm. all the bodies. Yeah, it was it was basically like that. It, there were very shallow graves, and it was bodies of seamen and outlaws and mm. sex workers, lepers, immigrants, railroad workers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The word seamen um, just really gets me every time. The men who work on the sea Thank and the ships. Thank you. Sailors and crew. Yes. Uh, so the graves were very shallow, they were overfilled, and they were also rarely marked. And when they were marked, they were marked often with like cheap material or just like little wood crosses that would be destroyed as soon as a storm came in or it would just erode or sink into the ground. And mm. so many, many, many of these gravesites were just unmarked. They don't know where the dead bodies wow. are. Smallpox soon came to the area, and for the following four years, smallpox victims were quarantined on the island, and those who passed away there were buried there as well, Um, again, often buried in unmarked graves, and some bodies were exhumed and transferred to other cemeteries, but to this day, many of the buried bodies were never recovered. Wow. So, like, there are countless numbers of people who lost loved ones, and have no idea where their bodies are yes there are like a bazillion dead bodies on this island 
I think the real number is more like 400, but. You're, we already know you're not good at math. <laughs> we're, we're now in 1899. Don't ask me to do the math of how many years ago that was, because I don't <laughs> know, but over 100. Loggers were constantly trying to break ground on the island and steal those nice trees, but the police were like, nah. And so they would frequently set up posts on the island to protect the loggers or protect it from the loggers. And they did this for like years. Years loggers would not give up. Wow. So the police would guard it at night. And well, wouldn't you know, the police discovered some paranormal activity. Wow. I am not surprised. In 1909, there was a particular incident that was written about in the papers where the police reported hearing the rattling of dead men's bones and terrifying screams coming from the land. Some even heard whispers, warnings, and threats as to what would happen if any of the precious trees were removed from the island. And so the police chief is like, you guys, you're being dramatic. To the ghosts? Just carry torches and the spirits will stay quiet. Oh, I thought he was telling the ghosts they were being dramatic. No, but I'm <laughs> sure he thought the ghosts were overreacting as well. Right. He didn't believe in the ghosts. No. So the police force who were set to guard the island at night now were carrying torches, but did it work? Probably not. No. Seeing as ghostly activity has been reported for the past 100 years. Oh my gosh. Dead Man's Island is now closed to the public, although some daring locals have gone and dug up dead bodies. Some oh my, that's even so horrible. The skulls. But the island is now home to the Royal Canadian Navy in the Maritime Museum. And you bet your bottom dollar these sailors have reported some paranormal activity. Loud clanging noises that happen at night and disembodied moans that come from the sound of like a, a female voice. Whoa. Footsteps are frequently heard pacing back and forth, often heard on the stairs. Sometimes the sound of moving furniture can be heard upstairs, especially when people are alone on the island. Breaking glass has been heard. Shouts come from nowhere. Chanting. The scariest thing to me is phantom chanting. Yeah. And that's there. So you have a whole mix of everything. Yes, disembodied voices appear out of thin air, and they also say that inhuman screams litter the air. Ugh, it's so sad because it's clear that a lot of people on that land died in very unfortunate ways. Right, but as we've said, where there are souls, there are things that like to prey on souls. Dark souls. Dark souls, darkness. Glowing figures have emerged from the trees, starting as a glow across the tree line, and then taking human form, but staying just within the trees. Shadow figures appear alongside various apparitions, and when the fog rolls in, glowing red eyes follow those who are walking (gasps) on the island. That is terrifying. Yep. Have I ever told you? These are people that are in the Navy. Like, they're tough. Right. Okay, have I already told you when I was in I think I was turning I think I was turning 12 and my sister was turning 14. We had a survivor birthday party and it was her friends versus my friends and we all slept in tents at night after doing like all these we did like raw food eating contests and like pogo jumping, pogo stick jumping contests, like all the type of survivor things. 
we were all about to go to bed and we see we hear rustling in the bushes and then we see a man peer out from behind a tree <gasps> what and then we're, someone's like did you see that and we all like, kind of turn our attention to the tree and then we see the man peek his head out again and then hide behind the tree again and so we're all freaking out now and then this guy starts like walking towards us are you what sabrina he, we, he has, we were you in your backyard Yes. My parents were out with us. We're all like panicking. This guy has a <gasps> full-on clown mask on. Oh, what? Oh, oh, my God. And then he comes closer and he takes the mask off and it's one of the girl's dads. Oh, my God. What a freaking oh, – <laughs> my dad would totally do that. When you were telling the story, I thought it was going to be your dad. But then when you said he was oh, with no. you. Yeah. It was oh. terrifying. Dude. Yeah, that's really scary and i also think that's risky because you never know what other people have on them to defend themselves right. and what they'll do in a situation where they feel threatened and i mean funny yeah. story now but <laughs> <laughs> nowhere near as scary as dead man's island but it just reminded me of that moment but it could have ended if you didn't know him what if he took the mask off and it was just some random person you'd never seen before and then he just walked off the other direction that would be <sighs> equally as scary Anyway, back to Dead Man's Island. Jeez. People have reportedly been tapped and even pushed by unseen forces, and those who have been victim to this say that they can feel the hands touch them. Lights and electrical equipment are often targeted by the spirits on the island, and personal belongings are stolen uh, for some time and then will reappear in other areas where they were never placed Wow! <coughs> by the owners or anyone right. on the island that is alive. While the entire island seems to have its fair share of paranormal activity, building number one is a hot spot for spirits. It was once a holding cell for prisoners and where one such prisoner hung himself. So, uh, one of the more famous stories from building number one belongs to Anne Marie Hamilton, who was a leading seaman and had asked permission to spend the night there to get some work done. Usually, this is not allowed, and the only people on the property after hours are the guards by the gates, but sometimes uh, the employees will ask permission to spend the night um, to just, like, get work done or whatever. And right. this night, Anne-Marie was granted permission and was assigned to stay in building number one. That night, she woke up to the sound of two men on the stairwells outside. She laid in bed listening as she heard the men chatting to each other, walking up the stairs to the floor above her, and then she listened to the footsteps move into a room, a door open and close, and the sound of furniture being shifted around. Whoa. And this continued for like a half hour. She was like, this is weird. People are up way late at night. This is kind of annoying, but whatever. It only happened for a half hour, and then it was just complete silence. So she figured other workers were granted permission to spend the night as well, and they eventually just went to bed. And so she fell asleep. That's so scary. Yeah, but at the time, she didn't think anything of it. She thought right. it was just other people. She was just kind of, like, peeved at them making so much noise in the middle right. of the night. Um, and the next day, she asked the guardsmen who else had been assigned to stay there that night, and he responded that she was the only one granted permission to stay on the island and had been alone. <sighs> All right, I have three more stories from other people. Oh, my other gosh. Other seamen. 
I just Googled photos of Dead Man's Island because I wanted to see what it looked like. It's and nothing like it's crazy, so tiny. Know? It's so tiny. Uh, more paranormal activity happened to another leading seaman, C. Gran, who spent some time as a security guard. And one night when guarding the base, he stepped away for a moment to use the restroom. And while he was in there, he heard the sound of doors opening and shutting really hard, which was scary because supposedly he was the only one in that area. So, yeah. And if you're anything like us who like true crime, you would jump to the conclusion that someone's there to kill you. Yes, I often jump to intruder. Same. So um, he was like, that's weird. I should be the only one here. And so he radioed to the other person on the property, the other guard, who claimed that they were at the front gate the entire time. And so he was concerned that someone broke in. So he went to go check on the doors, and the doors were securely locked. So he was like, how could they have been opening and shutting? Right. So then he realized that it was a ghost and he ran out of there fast. (laughs) And he said that he hadn't believed in the paranormal, but he said that this incident led to a, quote, crisis of faith. Whoa. About a year after this experience, leading seaman Jason Eldridge was on the base working alone in, in an office and he heard hurried footsteps moving up and down the hall. So he peeked out into the hall and noted that the lights all seemed to be out. So he called to the guard in the front. Ooh. Uh, and the guard told him that n- no one had been let in. And mind you, and I know you're looking at pictures, there's only one single road that leads to this island. So unless someone managed to boat up or swim, and most likely the guard would have seen them, this is a tiny island, they would have had to go through the front gate. And this guard said no one went through the front gate. Oh my gosh. So Eldridge is talking to the front gate guard on the phone about, like, are you sure no one's here, blah, blah, blah. And he hears the sound of furniture moving around while he's still on the phone. So he steps out into the hall, and as soon as he does, the sound stops. And then he checks the building, finds no one, goes all around to all the rooms, finds no one. Everything is seemingly undisturbed. So he just chalks it up to paranormal activity, and that's that. And then two years after Eldridge's experience, Petty Officer Rob Lowe was in the mess hall in the morning, in broad daylight. All these other experiences have been in the middle of the night. This is at like 11 a.m. And he hears footsteps and voices downstairs. And so he figures it's just some of the other Navy reservists. um, Because obviously it was the daytime and people are on the island working. But the noises kept happening, and it was kind of irritating to Rob, and he was trying to get stuff done. And so he went down to tell them to try to just keep a little bit quieter. But when he went downstairs, no one was there. And the way that this basement room area was described is, I think there was only, like, a table and, like, maybe a vending machine or something. There wasn't much going on, so there wasn't anywhere that people could hide or slip out either. So he was like... Mm, that was weird and he walks back upstairs and as soon as he gets to the top the noises start up again and so he runs down to catch them and again nothing oh my gosh and that my friends is dead man's island wow i love now it's no one's problem but the navy because it's not public yeah you know what i love 
is that the second story you told of the man who, when he realized it was a paranormal thing, he ran out of the building. I love <laughs> that he had the fight when he thought it was another person and was like, someone is intruding and I'm going to mm -hmm. find them and confront them. But the second he thought it was paranormal, he ran for it. Oop, I'm out. Turn around and run. <laughs> it's easier to fight something you can see. That's true. Ghosts are scary. Ghosts are very scary. It's some Sometimes they're great and sometimes they're not. It's just like anything in the world. And it doesn't seem like these ghosts on Dead Man's Island are doing any harm. They're just kind of watching or peering. Well, I guess right. some people get pushed, but they probably the deserve part, it. It's just noises. Yeah. Who knows? We don't know if that person just got pushed out of nowhere or if they were coaxing and provoking the spirit. Yeah. Or if the person was like a bad person in general and the ghost could see into their soul and know that they were bad and it's like, yeah, you deserve a push. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. You never know. We just theorize. We just theorize. You made it through. You did it. You used words. A good thing I wrote them out because I mostly just read straight off my paper, although that proved difficult <laughs> in the whole beginning and then also in the middle. You did great. Do you want to um, give another shot at reading things by reading our listener emails? I guess practice makes perfect and I should try. <laughs> Okay. Never I quit. Never give up, you guys. Never <laughs> give up. We have we try to give good messages here, and it's that if you can't, just keep trying, and one day you will. Push through. You can do it. Okay, I have a story. This is from Chloe, and it is the curse of sacred rock, and then in parentheses, well, actually, the ghosts that haunt it, the actual rock is pretty nice. I like the distinction. Uh, hey guys, I'm a huge fan of your podcast and I have a story to tell you. Every summer I go to my cabin in Presque Isle, Michigan, which I'm kind of cheating a little bit because this is actually a peninsula, not an island, but close enough. It's a picture perfect spot on the banks of Lake Huron. I love sitting down on the beach, playing in the water and jumping off of Sacred Rock. Sacred Rock is a bit of a local legend in the town. According to legend, where the rock stands now, there was a boundary between two rival Native American tribes. There were many wars, border disputes, and sacrifices. One day, a very bloody war broke out, and the gods became displeased and threw a rock at the warriors, crushing them underneath. Yeah. But you know what? Like, God doesn't want us to fight, so he threw a rock at them, and I think— So he teaches you not to be violent by being violent, apparently. Yeah. But you know what? It worked. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. To this very day, it is said that when it rains, the rock bleeds. It reminds me of those flowers in your story. Mm -hmm. I have met a lot of cool Native Americans who came to the rock to worship. Some even use it as an altar and leave dead animals as a sacrifice. I haven't thought twice about it. These cabins in general have a kind of spiritual energy, a calming energy to me and anyone who comes up. We even have our own personal ghost named Mr. Lamb. He used to live next door, and then when he died, we bought his cabin, which is over 100 years old. He's our friendly spirit, and he looks over our cabins and makes sure, makes sure nothing bad happens to them. Well, Mr. Lamb must have missed something this time. I was around 9 or 10, and I was playing with a renter who was around the same age. I'll call her Olivia. We were playing in one of the cabins, our newest one, just having fun and laughing. We were playing hide-and-seek, but she was a vampire, and I was her victim. Kids' imaginations are brilliant. I know. 
We played several games with no problem until once when I was hiding, I heard something very unsettling. It sounded like someone threw a knife towards the wall near me. I could feel the air being pushed out of the way and could hear the splintering of, of wood as a blade stuck into the wall, but nothing was there. I immediately jumped out from where I was hiding and found Olivia. She was frozen in shock. I asked her what was wrong and she said that she saw a figure of a man wearing feathers on his head and tribal gear. I know what you're thinking, stereotypical Native American. But hearing this significantly scared me knowing the legend of the rock and the natives who used to live on our land. She thinks she saw him throwing something in my direction. Just then, just then, the same noise came again. I could see the wind blow her hair back on one side and the splintering noise came from behind us. I noticed something strange. She had a cut on her ear that was definitely not there before. Whoa. She reached up and touched her ear and it came back with a dot of blood on it. We both turned to leave when I saw a shadowy face with contorted features. The only way I could describe it is like a death eater in the black smoke. Just horrifying. Then, something whispered, get out, in my ear and we ran out so fast. I've never run so fast in my life. Once out, we caught our breath and I looked at Olivia's ear again. The very present cut on her ear confirmed every suspicion I had that it did it was not our imagination. It actually happened. I haven't seen Olivia since her family rented out the cabins, but ever since, I've always felt uneasy in that cabin and dread, dreaded being in there alone, afraid that the chief would come back. But if he ever does, I know our good old ghost, Mr. Lamb, will make sure no harm will come to us or any of our other renters. Thank you so much for reading, and I hope you have a perfectly ghostly day, Chloe. That's so crazy because it actually inflicted physical harm. Onto yes. them. Or yes. onto her friend. And I wonder what provoked it. You know, like, they were two little girls playing a game. Like, was he afraid because the way they were playing it as vampire and victim? And he maybe, felt or threatened? Maybe it was just kind of like a confusion. Like, a, right. I mean, the tribes were battling. I know. At the time of their death, they were rival tribes. And so maybe in the afterlife this native american is still trying to stake its his ground yeah you know yeah that's so scary and anyone who's a stranger is a risk at losing his own property and his land and so it doesn't matter that they're little kids i don't an invisible knife cuts you oh it's clearly the reason that (laughs) olivia and her family never came back Right. It's really unsettling, too. Like, just, I don't know. It just gets under my skin because it's, that could happen to anyone, anywhere, anytime. And for it to not just be a noise and actually be something that can hurt you is scary. I mean, I think that's the scariest thing because when we most commonly talk about ghosts, there are very few instances where ghosts can physically harm you. I mean, Mm -hmm. aside from possessions and some of those type of things it feels like ghosts aren't able to physically inflict harm but this is a story where it kind of contradicts that belief well i'm glad that they only came out with a small little cut and nothing more and mr lamb was probably like i gotta play pay closer attention to these girls right mr lamb got distracted yeah wow Wow. Well, shall I go on? Please. 
All right. I should not have picked this one because there are words that I know <laughs> I'm going to have trouble pronouncing because they're in another language. Oh. All right. This is called Witches in the Family, and it's from Michelle. Hey, girls, okay. it's Michelle again. She's emailed us a few times mm-hmm. with some great stories. Ugh, in such withdrawal, in such a withdrawal when it comes to your episodes, honestly so obsessed. Oh, <laughs> thanks. Can you pronounce the, been, that word that she just put after obsessed? <laughs> she just, like, went on the keyboard and went, like, Could well, I'll try to pronounce it. It's just a bunch of letters. That was good. Yeah. It's practice for what's to come. I can read gibberish, but I can't weed. <laughs> oh, my God. I just said I can't weed. <laughs> oh, fuck. I've been in such a spooky vibe that today I thought I'd share with you a big and ancient secret of my dad's mother's side of the family. Oh, my God. Ever wondered what Portuguese island women practiced? Yes. Yes. I have because I myself, not me, but my grandfather's my maternal grandfather's side of the family is from santa maria i didn't know that yeah it's the in the azores so the islands off of portugal and Mm. michelle and i have talked about this her family's from over there too so cool ever wondered what portuguese island women practiced the ones who wore black clothes with black wraps on their head those were the women many kids called uh bruxas or feticeras well i know i used to God, I am sorry if I said those wrong. That's okay. This story originates from a memory I was just hit with from my latest trip back home. So, I don't know if you guys know this, but the archipelago... How do you say that word? I think that was right. Archipelago? Archipelago? I don't know. But the archipelago of islands, which are a part of Portugal, are known for being very rural, especially the island I come from. Tercera Island. (laughs) Where I'm from, in that island, women, not so much men, practice saging, and some even mediumship. My mother and I have gone to a few mediums due to spirit attachments and the evil eye. We believe greatly in spirits, the evil eye, and hauntings. I know I got my belief from the stories my grandmother used to tell me about the witches they used to talk about and the things they used to do. This my reminds me of Practical Magic. Oh my gosh, I love that movie. Me too. Sandra Bullock, Nicole Kidman. It's good. It is good. Uh, my grandma's family used to be very poor, and they lived in a very poor area of our village. Where they lived, there is a little, and she put in parentheses, big <laughs> cliff area, where they now have arranged it to be a picnic water-watching area. It is very secluded, and you must know the area well to go there. So my grandmother used to tell me about the things her own mother, my grandmother, and the other woman used to do. This place was a gathering place for the witches. (gasps) That is so cool! (laughs) There would be a night where all of those women would gather, and they would perform different rituals. I don't know if it was black magic or white magic, but they were known for doing that for one night, and people knew about it, too. Whoa. Not so secret. It's like out of the movies when you'd see witches in the woods kind of like gathering and doing their rituals together. It reminds me of um, a Betty White in The Proposal, like chanting around Oh, the my fire. God, yes. <laughs> Another Sandra Bullock film. Yeah. 
My grandmother never really gave me exact details, but this is when I knew things were real. When my grandmother's sister was young, she was haunted. Not by a ghost or a demon, but by a witch. Ooh. If you were considered a witch, you were known to defend yourself against ghosts and demons, etc. But ever heard about protecting yourself against a witch? Nope. So one night, my grandma was watching over her little sister, and out of nowhere, she heard her cry. My grandma got up and walked to her crib, which was in the room her parents slept in. It was dark, and when she flipped on the lights, what did she see? Oh my god. A witch. (gasps) My grandma's sister had been bitten by a witch. And by the time my grandma got to her, the witch had disappeared. (gasps) (laughs) Oh, I feel like I'm watching a movie. (laughs) Her little sister was immediately saged and cleansed from whatever the witch had bestowed on her little sister. And according to my grandma, her sister carried a scar for a very long time. Now that you know the backstory of this place, let me tell you what I found when me and my cousins, along with my sister, went to explore that place. Now, we all know that this place is actually haunted by witches. How do we know? My cousin is born a witch. As we do in Portugal, we hung out, took pictures, and observed the water, even peed in the bushes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess it's rural, like, and it's on a cliff. If you have to go, you can't pop into the water. I don't know why, but that just makes me, like, that's such a funny detail to add. (laughs) Even peed in the bushes. (laughs) Just a normal day at the beach. (laughs) As we walked around, we began to find weird objects like shoes, children's shoes, fabric strips, fire pits, which still had fresh ash, and we saw larger sticks and other clothing items. My cousin and I didn't really want to make much of it, but that stirred up an eerie feeling and we all booked it out of there. So, are the witches still practicing there? Are they taking children? Oh my gosh. I don't know, but this is a two-in-one story. I swear to goodness, <laughs> I feel like I'm just a bundle of crazy when I remember the crap that I've seen, been through, and heard from my family. Haha. <laughs> Hope all is well. Stay spooked. Be spooked. Michelle. Wow. I can't get over the witch biting the grandma's sister. And then disappearing, just like vanishing as she's, the grandmother's running to her younger sister's crib. And what happened to the little sister? She was bit by a witch. What does that mean? I wonder, I'm still stuck on the being bit, but like I wonder if it's kind of like a marking of territory of sorts. It's like the witch was planning to steal the sister, like take the child for who knows what purpose. And then she couldn't, so she just left a mark in terms of... Like this marked is, her to come back later and grab her, maybe. Yikes. Just a little taste. So creepy. Just a little taste. <laughs> it's like Hansel and Gretel. So, <laughs> I always wanted to go back to my roots and go to Santa Maria and visit the islands in the Azores. But Michelle kind of made me feel like I might come across some witches and I'm scared. I feel like you'll fit right in. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll find out that I actually am a witch, which I've always thought I was. I've always thought you were, too. You know how they walk in Hocus Pocus where they're all linked up in arms? Yes. And And they're like, back and forth. Yeah. I'm going to put on all my black clothes and walk around the islands like that and just mutter things to myself. Good. Well, you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye out. 
Um, so many things to say. First of all, we are going to add merch tonight with this episode, so go check out our new items that we have available for you. Mm-hmm. And um, don't forget we have Patreon as well. And if you are a supporter of Patreon and in one of the higher tiers, there are discounts on merch specifically inve- involved with those ones. And there's also a ton of different bonuses like free stickers and um, just more updates than we would give people like on our Facebook page. Yeah, just go check it out. See if it's something you're interested in doing. And support us. We have social media. We have an Instagram account. Yeah. We have a Twitter account. We have a Facebook group. If you want to join the Facebook group, make sure you answer those two questions. Please. Um, and if you've tried to join the Facebook group before and didn't answer those questions, just, I guess. Answer them. A- answer them. Go answer <laughs> them. The answer is answer. You know what you I know? just realized? What? That I'm going to be in Paris at the catacombs when this episode comes out. Don't go missing. Stay I within know, I was the. Just say, what if I never come back? No, Sabrina. I'm kidding. I'll come. You're back. gonna turn into a full-on cat lady. You're going to be a cat, and then you're gonna live off of the <sighs> rats that run through the catacombs. Oh my god, I'm already scared of you. That sounds like a dream. No, if I'm I disappear... gonna go to the Azores and turn into a a witch, um, whatever they're called, bruxas, and you're gonna turn into a crazy catacomb cat lady. I'll come to Port- I'll come with you and I'll you'll turn into a witch and I will become your black cat. That's great a great plan. plan. Brilliant. Anyway, so social media, follow yes. us on all of that. We have a Facebook uh, page that you can also like. It's like a liking a business page. Yes. Um and iTunes, iTunes. you can rate and review us hopefully five stars. Five stars only, please. Hopefully. Um and I don't know what else. I think that's it. Just, you know, do your thing, do our thing, tell everyone about it, um, and and we will see you, see you on the other, other side. side.